Hey guys, it's uh, CS Joseph with csjoseph.life doing another video today. Uh, gonna kind of go off the beaten path here a little bit. We're uh, supposed to be doing a video on the ISF piece next, which I will be doing later tonight. But I uh, got some requests uh, from Twitter and on Discord who have asked me to do a uh, rebuttal video of another video uh, from a channel called Talking with Famous People where we have host Eric and Opaloid uh, doing a video on me, uh, stating that uh, they do not think that I'm an ENTP, but actually an ENTJ. Um, they also gave me some really kind words in that uh, video they did for me, and uh, I just want to say, guys, thank you for that. Thank you for the support. I really appreciate it, and uh, I hope that uh, I can continue to... Uh, put out some uh, good content. Anyway, the, the point of this video is to basically show a comparative difference between an ENTP and an ENTJ and uh, why I'm not an ENTJ, but also an outline of kind of why I seem like an ENTJ. And uh, I think that is very pertinent to people because they're kind of not really aware of how the four sides of the mind actually work in that regard. So what I want to do is take this opportunity to actually demonstrate that, what that actually means. And then uh, we can go forward um, with that discussion. So without further ado, got my trusty whiteboard, my trusty NTJ whiteboard. <laughs> so let's take a look. And the camera fell-ish. There we go. It would help if I didn't stomp all the time, I guess. All right. Now let's change my position here. All right, cool. All right, so um, ENTP, ENTJ. So what's what's different about them? Uh, you have uh, got starter type. Uh, they're both intellectuals, uh, although this is a structure type. So ENTJs are structure-based. That's uh, direct initiating control. Uh, they're very direct with their speech. Uh, they say what they mean, uh, mean what they say. And they initiate with people just like ENTPs do. Uh, they like to start those conversations or, um, you know, they're, they're willing to uh, initiate basically anything instead of waiting for other people to come to them, which is more a responding approach. And that's what introverts do, right? So because they're initiating, they're both extroverted, right? Um, now, one of the stark differences between an ENTP and an ENTJ is the fact that an ENTJ is control-based, whereas an ENTP is movement-based, right? Well, that comes from that comes from their interaction style. So, starter types are all about movement. They they want that progress, right? They're all about progress. They're all about um, you know, they, I mean, they can really operate with chaos, right? They have to operate in an area of chaos because that's where they're more fluid you know more liquid kind of like water because water is very uh, chaotic right control types that's not how it works at all they're um, they go at their own pace they take their time if there's uh, if things are out of control then progress can't even exist because from the per perspective of the control type progress cannot take place if uh, in the midst of chaos whereas in a movement type it's more like progress can take place in the midst of chaos. And in fact, it's more of the opposite as well. 
progress cannot take place if everything is too tightly controlled, right? So you have two opposing uh, points of view with how human beings interact with life and each other, right? So I know for a fact that I'm not controlled because I do not go at my own pace. I'm flying by the seat of my pants constantly. It, it actually annoys a lot of people uh, in my family and in my life because of how quick I move. And in fact, I was hired at my job recently specifically because of how fast I move because they want someone fast. And uh, I'm very quick. It's to a point where, you know, I can fill so much stuff in a day and it's not because I have a really good plan per se. I'm just moving really quick and I can get pretty ambitious, you know, with that. Oh, but you said ambitious. That means you must have introvert intuition parent, right? That makes you into an ENTJ, right? No, actually. That could be introvert intuition nemesis, right? Worrying about my own future and me being able to not, or being unable to complete objectives that I've able to set, you know, and, uh, or potential objectives. It's like, okay, yeah. The day is there. I'm not going to plan my day. I may have like a loose plan and just we'll see how it goes, right? But I let my day happen to me and I can react to it in the moment. Kind of more like a tactician. Whereas uh, an NTJ, like an ENTJ, they're very strategic about it, right? They're very strategic about their day. They happen to their day. They wake up in the morning. They kind of have an idea of how to approach it. But an ENTP, eh. It's just kind of go with the flow. And that's what it's all about. And I do go with the flow. I'm more like water like that. I'm not like their fire-oriented ENTJ in that regard. Um, although, I do have some fire components that I use uh, with TI Parent, but more on that later. So, anyway, uh, control versus movement. I, I'm pretty movement. And I'm not direct. Like You can tell that I'm constantly saying things. You can even look at my comments in some of my videos, and it's like... People are constantly asking me questions, and uh, there's always, like, if people end up asking me questions, a lot of the times I'm noticing is because there's missing context to what I'm saying, and if I would just end up saying even more, then they will be able to understand it. Whereas, if I'm being so direct w about things, you know, then it's just I'm saying what I mean, mean what I say, and I just don't do that when I'm in my ego. I do get direct, though, when I'm in my shadow, and that's my INTJ shadow. And that typically happens if I'm just really, I don't know. Uh, sometimes it happens when my ego gets tired and I just get stuck in my shadow or I just don't know what to do. I just kind of get mindless, not really able to think on my head and just, I don't know, I get very SE. It's kind of weird. Uh, and, it, and it happens to me in almost all cases too. It, uh, especially like when I've been through like a very long day, right? And uh, I just can't really think anymore, and I just don't want to think. And then I just go into my INTJ shadow, and it's just kind of like, uh, you know. And I, I don't really watch television, but that's that, that those times, and I'm just like, yeah, I might watch television, whatever, you know. And uh, it's not something that I have to uh, to do all the time, you know. So uh, control movement. So, an ENTJ being direct, uh, <laughs> there's some interesting behaviors that they have uh, with being so direct. Uh, like, you're talking to an ENTJ on Discord, right? And it is the most annoying thing ever. Uh, 
because they're a structure type, they're in charge, they look at the world like, oh, you know, these people are coming to me, I'll direct them if I have to, kind of a thing. Uh, they're not really going to respond very often on Discord. In fact, they don't really respond even on text messages. It's so annoying, right? Uh, that's because when you send them a text message and time has gone by and they read it, they're either not going to read it and then just reinitiate an entirely new conversation with you because they don't really care about the old text messages at that moment because to them, energy is lost. Energy is lost from those texts and it's best to just start over again. Another reason is, is because they want to like be in your face and know with their SE child that they absolutely have your attention. I don't do that, I really don't care. I, I front load text messages to people knowing that they'll read them later uh, and uh, then I just don't care as much, you know, but an ENTJ, they're not gonna front load text messages. An ENTJ is going to wait until they know that they, that they have your attention. So like on Discord, for example, they'll wait till you're green, you know, when you're showing up green, if you will actually, you know, are not like one of those people that set yourself yellow or gray 100% of the time, which is like the most annoying thing. Oh wait, that's what ENTJs do because they don't like it when people bother them all the time with everything, so they set themselves gray. Huh. In fact, I'm talking to an ENTJ just recently that I just met that does that all the time. It's like, come on, man. At least show your status, you know, so that I can know when to contact you. But he's like, no, he's not going to do that because he doesn't want people, even me, contacting him at the most inopportune time that doesn't fit with his little J-type schedule throughout the day. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? So... I like to communicate with people. ENTJs, sure, they can communicate with people, but only when they're like in the mood for, or if it's not for what they're doing right now. And they don't like being uh, uh, derailed by some random guy having a huge conversation with them, and they'll, and, you know, and they'll stop their entire day when they have plans for that day to just to handle that conversation. Me, I'll talk to that guy while I'm doing everything I'm doing because I'm very super good at multitasking. I mean, even when I'm in the grocery store, I'm on Discord. You know, I'm talking to people with wireless headphones and I've developed systems in my life to be able to adapt, to adapt to those behaviors so I can accomplish more with my time. ENTJs, they're not really, they don't really do that. They try to have a more structured approach to their time and it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this at this block, I'm gonna do that at that block and that's all I'm going to focus on then. Whereas, I just kind of let everything happen at once and then I prioritize after the fact and then just deal with it as it goes. But this has given me the ability to do a lot at, at the same time. You know, uh, there are times when like, I remember playing World of Warcraft back in the day, I was raid leading and cooking dinner at the same time. And people are like, well, how is that possible? And I'm like, it's pretty easy. You just set your laptop there on, uh, on the computer, you know? And if you're like the main tank, you know, you could just auto attack after you got enough threat up after a while and then just, you know, remember with introverted sensing every couple seconds to just go hit taunt or uh, or to do some threat building attacks and then go back to cooking that nice bacon that I'm making. You know what I mean? Like it, it's little strategies like that, little mini strategies that allow me to be more efficient or accomplish more in that span of time. But it's not about planning. Like I wake up in the morning and my day happens to me. You know, I'm like, eh, I'd like to accomplish X things today, but if they do, if I don't, oh well, I'll do it tomorrow. But I am able to utilize these strategies by using my INTJ shadow to be able to accomplish those things, and that's what I've been able to do, right? Uh, 
and ENTJ know they 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 have to have that plan because that it's the ego. If they don't have that plan for the day, they're they're because they just feel like there's a lack of control. They have to have that control over their time, and that's why they they make it so that people can't talk to them or make it look like um, you know like on Discord that they're away even though they're not. Because and they and most of them, if not every one of them I've ever met on Discord, they all do this. Um, it's because they don't want some random factor, me or someone else, to derail them with their day because they have more important things to them that they're trying to do. You know what I mean? Uh, whereas anyone could talk to me on Discord at all or Twitter or anything, and I will respond if I if I can. If I can't, then I'll just wait till later. But I usually try to incorporate my ability to communicate with my fellow man at all times, regardless of what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I even even when I'm I I mean, you know, ever since like the iPhone seven is like waterproof, I I am guilty of using my cell phone in the shower, let's be honest. You know what I mean? So it can it can happen. So anyway, uh so yeah that's 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 a difference between you know how we interact with the world direct initiating control uh informative initiating movement um so you can already see from just an interaction style point of view that i'm a starter i have a hard time finishing things i start whereas an entj they're very good at finishing things they start they just make a plan and then they're able to execute it i really struggle at execution but Host Eric and Opaloid made some points about how I'm actually pretty good with execution and being organized with the channel. Now let me tell you why that is. That is because of my INTJ shadow. Um, I have been able to develop it as a result of suffering in my life. Uh, my parents, for example, do not like ENTPs. Uh, they, they maintain that ENTPs are kind of like a rogue factor. Uh, they would observe me uh, doing deals with uh, with children at church or or at the schoolyard doing trades and whatnot, and apparently some parents came to them concerned that I was manipulating all of the children, you know, trying to make a buck off them, and uh, they basically wouldn't allow me to do that anymore. You know, I was I was kind of a hustler in those days. Uh, I'd go buy packs of Pokemon cards and sell rares on uh, the playground for a profit, right? And then I'd use that to create even more from there. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, he's an ENFP. If you read his book, Crushing It, which I highly recommend anyone do, uh, he, uh, he did the same thing, except it was with baseball cards. He has an entire anecdote story about how he did that with cards, you know? And it's just, again, it's an example of any user's you know, I know what I want with my NI nemesis, but I need to find out what other people want first with my NE hero. And then once I know what other people want, then I can get that for them so that I can cross trade till I get what I want, right? It's a very NE, and any hero, NI nemesis way of doing things. All they have to do is use our SI inferior to keep track of the data of who wants what because they've told us and we just have to remember it with SI inferior, you know. I get that ENTJs are super business oriented and they're often like CEOs and also the most successful. Statistically, they make the most money out of all the 16 types. And there's a reason for that it's because they're super rational. Um, they're very rational with how they spend their money. All of their money has to work for them. But ENTPs are even willing to take even bigger risks uh, with their money and go it from there. But that doesn't mean that ENTPs or ENFPs are bad at commerce, right, in comparison to ENTJ. We have our strategies, we have our ways of doing things in the same way ENTJs do.
So back to the story of my parents. They didn't like that I was doing this. So what my parents did uh, was like, they're completely against that component of me. And in fact, they really hated my TI parent because I would just be frank with people, uh, adults, children, whatever. And they, they, they tell me I had horrible manners. Um, they tell me that, uh, you know, I do these things uh, <laughs> to people. Uh, I'd say the wrong thing at the wrong time. You know, it's like I, it's like I, um, they're concerned about my childish sense of, uh, uh, social awareness because I valued what was fair more so than, uh, what other people, you know, more so than how other people feel, right? Well, that's because of T.I. Parent. T.I. Parent's a higher, you know, it's higher up than, uh, than Effie Child. Effie Child's about, like, you know, how people feel, right? And I valued the fairness from introverted thinking. You know, if this happened, then this is okay because that happened. If that person behaved this way, that gives me license to behave this way. You know what I mean? My parents didn't really like that. My parents didn't like... Uh, how intellectual I was. Well, my father, he's an ENFJ. My mother's an ISFJ. ENTP, ISFJ, that's like polar opposite. So that's like super, super negative. So what happened was, is that my ego ended up getting suppressed by, by my own family. Um, and what that does, and it happens to a lot of children with incompatible types with their parents, they either end up staying stuck in their subconscious or they're, they're, uh, they're unconscious, they're shadow, right? And that's, uh, that's what happened to me. I ended up getting, uh, ended up getting stuck in my shadow um, for a lot of years. Uh, so much so that when I actually first took the MBTI test, I tested INTJ. And then I took it again and again, and I just ended up INFJ. Uh, and then I took it again. And I never really actually found out I was an ENTP until one of my mentors pointed out to me. His name is R.P. Moriel. Uh, good guy. Um, but he taught me about the interaction styles. He also taught me about the temperaments. And he actually initially believed I was an INTJ after a while. But then the concept of, you know, how abuse in people's life actually could force them and force their minds to actually prefer the other sides of their mind until they're away from that situation. And then their mind and their psyche actually heals and they're able to go back into their ego and be their ego. That's exactly what happened to me. And I wasn't able to get back into my ego until I was 26 years old. Um, and that's that's what happened. It's because I was away from my family. Uh, people that I knew started, you know, started having relationships with new people outside of my church, outside of my community, because I was in another state, going to college, that whole entire experience. And people started, uh, you know, requiring that I be more like my ego. And they started actually liking me to be more in my ego. And uh, I ended up actually slowly healing. My mind started going back up, and then I was back in my ego again. And that's where I've been ever since, because I haven't had such a, a traumatic situation. You know, well, oftentimes people, when they're talking to MBTI, they're like, oh, hey, you know, I'm INTP today, but now uh, tomorrow I'm ENTP, or, or yesterday I was, you know, and it's like, okay, you know, your letters don't change. It's the sides of the mind that you're in, you know. It really is about this, what what areas of your head, and your mind actually puts you and it shifts you in these areas of your head, you know, based on what the situation is. Um, if this if the situation is kind of fearful, you know, like for me, like especially when I go in parties and I'm just like super uncomfortable, and whatnot, I go mega behind the scenes and I just turn into this ISFJ person, where I'm not even like seeming like an extrovert, or I'll barely have any contact with anybody. 
is because I'm uncomfortable. But until someone comes around and makes me comfortable, like, you know, an ENTJ because SE child, gotta make SI comfy, you know, or even an ENFJ, they do that too. Or any NJ, for example, they do that. Um, or maybe even like uh, an ISFP or an ISTP, trying to make me comfortable, strike up a conversation, get me engaged. I come out of my ISFJ insecure behind the scenes shell and I go back into my ego once I feel comfortable and able to engage with them on an ENTP level. Or then I do that and then I realize that they don't actually like what I have to say because like I'm very odd or whatever. And then I end up going to my shadow and uh, and trying to, or, or maybe my super ego and start doing some really bad jokes, scathing, painful, evil jokes um, to get people's attention or to at least alienate them in a way so that they don't, that they stop talking to me anymore because I'm, they are not making me comfortable at all. You know, they're just making the ISFJ feel worse, right? So you have to understand is that all four sides of the mind, people shift on a daily basis into them. It's just that their ego is primary, you know, and then this is, uh, and then this is secondary, but this is also primary. This is also primary. So uh, the shadow, um, it exists as a catch-all, you know, as where a person's immaturity exists. It's a very immature INTJ in my head, but I can go to it when, when I'm dealing with trauma or problems or conflicts, and it tries to solve those problems. And if it can't, well, then I'll try the, the, the subconscious. And if it can't, then I'll try the superego and burn everything to the ground around me, right? That's literally how it works, guys. It's all about it's all about the situation, it's all about the environment, it's about the people around, you know, it's nature versus nurture, and although these four sides of my mind here are my nature, depending on who's present and where I am and what time it is and how much food I've had or whatever, like there are times when I haven't had anything to eat and I'll just shift right into my INTJ shadow because the INTJ, my mind is telling, my mind is like, okay, I need to eat right now. I need to make a plan and execute this plan to eat immediately. Movement, go, 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 go. So I shift into my INTJ mode and then I end up creating a plan and then boom, and then I execute it and then I get that something I need to eat and I feel better afterwards and I end up going back into my ego again, thinking and intuiting, etc. So that's kind of how those mind shifts work. So when it comes to host Eric and uh, Mr. Opaloid, uh, when it comes to thinking that I'm ENTJ, they're actually congratulating me or uh, thanking me or, or agreeing uh, or, you know, make some good points about how I'm organized, etc. That's because of my INTJ shadow. I grew up in my INTJ shadow a lot. And because of that, I actually have developed my INTJ shadow in such a way that I can actually go into my INTJ shadow and use its organizational capabilities in order to augment my ENTP even further. This is known as being a well-developed human being because enlightenment is defined by when you have all four sides of your mind, right? In balance with each other, at peace with each other. Usually uh, the, a person's inner conflict comes from the four sides of the mind actually competing with each other. And that's a problem, right? Uh, we don't want to have that kind of competition going around, um, you know, in people. And that's how you know a person is imbalanced. It's like uh, they're being tossed back and forth by the waves of life, right? Uh, a more integrated human being, because that's what we want, we want integration, is when the four sides of the mind are working in harmony towards a common goal, common cause, uh, for the sake of the individual, for the sake of other people, right? And that's 
where it's going. Now, I, I'm still working on my subconscious a little bit, but I'm getting a lot better. And I'm also trying to work on my ESFP superego because like, it's a very scary place to be, if you know what I mean. Um, but I do have really good mastery over my INTJ shadow. And it has allowed me to provide a more structured approach as an ENTP because I'm a lot more integrated as an ENTP. And I, and I compare myself to other ENTPs and I realize, wow, I am a lot more integrated than, than most of them, right? And integration is actually a natural occurrence for anyone with their ego and their and their type and, and their four sides of the mind because basically by default they will integrate as they get older for the most part. As they, as they mature, I would say. It's not necessarily as they get older, but they have a higher chance of maturing as they gain in years because, you know, they're able to be wise, right? And that's the hope. So that's basically what I'm doing. And that's why it seems like I'm very N-I-T-E-F-I-S-E um, although that's supposed to be SE, I just realized, and I don't know why I said SI. Whoops. Uh, anyway, uh, so actually, I'll just fix that now because I can. You know, perks of like being the guy that uh, makes the video, right? Cool. Awesome. That's triggering me a little bit much. All right. So, uh, yeah. That's why you know I, I kind of seem a little bit more organized than most ENTPs. It's because I've had no choice to be in my life. I've had to, and it, and it's burned into my SI inferior. You know those organizational strategies and those organizational abilities, but I don't live my life by it. I mean, I had to when I was younger because my ENTP just was not allowed. It was not allowed in my family, and it, as funny as it sounds, it's still not allowed to this day. It's still not really appreciated. It's still not uh, something that they're willing to accept as normal. Instead, it's something that, that has labels attached to it. Uh, you know, and, and, and it's funny. Like, oftentimes people talk about, uh, you know, types and whatnot. And, uh, you know, some types like ESFPs or ENFPs, they get, they get told, you know, they're, they're ADD, ADHD, um, INTJs and INTPs are told that they're autistic, you know, and even some ENTPs are told they're autistic. And it's like, no, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It just has everything to do with their type and who they actually are, right? That's what that means. So most people, they need to stop judging each other and actually understand each other in that regard. And they don't, it just, it just frustrates me. So, uh, more on the ENTJ side, uh, so they're very rational. This is one of the things I disagree about Kiersey. He actually calls one of the temperaments the rationals, which is dumb. I think that is really retarded uh, because Kiersey's wrong when calling them rational because you have TE here and that's rationale. That's a person's awareness of rationale or rational thinking, right? Uh, just call them what, just call the, the rationals what uh, Plato calls them because that's where that's where Kiersey got the temperaments. He didn't invent them. Actually, he got them from Plato and Plato's Republic. You know, guardians, artisans, uh, thinkers is what Plato called them, and idealists, right? Well, I call the thinkers the intellectuals, right? Because they're NTs, intuitive thinkers, future thinkers, very future-oriented, right? So it's not about... it. It's not about they're they're rational, you know. I do have some rational with my TE critic, and that's why I walk around walked around a lot as a young person, you know, telling people you're stupid, right? 
And that's why, and I think host Eric and Opaloid actually picked up on that in their video about me is because they're like, you know, you should do this this way, you know, and if you follow these steps, then you'll, and I'm paraphrasing guys, I apologize, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I did enjoy the video. Um, that uh, they're trying to show that, you know, I was making a TE decision there, you know, TE directing, right? And and follow this process and you'll get X, Y, or Z, you know, if you, if you do this, right? Uh, yeah, well, I, I can understand that. And it's true, that is very rational. It's because I'm criticizing the thinking of other people, you know? And it's like, yeah, sure, people can have feelings and I care about them and I want them to make them feel good. But if they're being stupid, I don't really care about, you know, their feelings as much in that situation because it's like, okay, you need to change your thinking because your thinking is actually causing harm to other human beings. Your dumb thinking is hurting other people. I see you hurting others and that makes my ISFJ uh, defender subconscious pissed off. Stop doing that. So I'm going to criticize your thinking because you're dumb, because if you were smart, you wouldn't be doing that, right? That's kind of my approach with it. You know, and oh, by the way, I could see you into your future and I could see what you want and you're wanting the wrong things, bro. So let me tell you how to want things properly. Of course, host Eric and Opaloid may make the, uh, may make the uh, argument that, oh, that's just any critic, you know, uh, no, yeah, I mean, it, it, and any critic would do that. I've actually been criticized a lot by expert intuition critic because it's like, dude, why do you want these things? You know, you need to focus on these things instead. And it's like, yeah, but any hero is going to tell people that they need to focus on things differently as well. And I'm not, I'm not above reproach. I mean, let's be honest. I need to be focusing on things differently, but I am so crazily out of focus all the time. You know, I'm not the most focused human being. I do not have an eye parent. You know, ENTJs, they do what they want because they have NI parent and they're constantly focused on giving people a good experience. I don't care about the experience people get when they talk to me. I'm a very harsh guy. ENTJs, they're not as harsh. Why? Well, they're more concerned about what other people think of them with their TE because they draw their self-worth based on how other people think of them, right? I don't do that. I'm just telling the truth. And ENTJs really want to give people a good experience. They're very artistic with their ISFP subconscious because they really want to give that awesome, amazing experience. And I'm sorry, an ENTJ is going to go out of their way to make their video as visually representational and as amazing as possible. Whereas I'm just using a freaking Target whiteboard, an iPhone 7, uh, an easy reach stand, and I got Yankee candles behind my phone right now to hold it up. I really don't care about presentation from extroverted sensing because I have SE demon. You know, it's not about the experience I'm giving other people. It's about the information that I'm providing them and they can choose to do with it whatever they want. Hopefully they listen to me and they change. If not, well, it's on them and not my problem. They can, you know, <laughs> if they want to stay in their area of suffering in their life without listening to me, that's on them. That's not on me, right? But again, I'm not committed to giving anyone a good experience. I'm not gonna like put on a show or a party for someone and make sure everyone's engaged like ENTJs do. I'm not gonna put on a Tupperware party. I really don't care. I'm there to receive, not to give. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to receive a good experience from others. I appreciate art. I don't make art. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't make art to save my life. And you'll see that in my next video because I'm actually doing an ISFP video next. And then, and I, and I'm going to be drawing on my whiteboard for that. And that's going to be like really awkward. You know, I, I really don't care about that. This is, this, this is, this is not TE hero. This is TE critic, really. 
I mean, if if it was an ENTJ, it'd be way more professional and way more, it'd be a lot better than this, let's be honest. And I like ENTJ pre, uh, presentations, but it's just not me. And I'm not going to be like taking charge. Although, yeah, sure, I can take charge when I need to and, and be the founder of something, but I got to hand it off to someone quick because I'm already bored with it before I've moved on to the next thing because I'm a starter type. I don't finish things that I start and that's my problem. You know what I mean? The only reason why I'm able to finish this channel and continue to go with it is because my SI inferior feels that it's my duty to do so, you know, whereas an ENTJ just wants to do it. I, you know, it, it, it would be nice if everyone could just read my mind because then I wouldn't have to do this anymore. But it's not about me. It's about everyone else. It's about the audience. It's about you folks that I actually give a damn about because I want you to have better lives so you understand each other so you can have better lives and better futures, better relationships with people. But it's not about the experience I'm trying to give you. I'm trying to receive a good experience. I would like to receive a great experience for this really horrible world we live in. But the only way that's going to happen is if I educate everyone on how to understand each other. Because I believe that if you understand each other, then everyone can know why everyone does what they do. And they'll stop judging each other. And then we can actually like have relationships for once. And mutual respect. That'd be nice. So... Also, ENTJs have a moral compass, introverted feeling. I don't have a moral compass. Like, don't ever ask me how I feel about anything because I really don't care how I feel. Uh, I care about how you feel and what you value. And I hope that these uh, videos are something that people value. And for the most part, it seems for my audience that yes, they do value it and I appreciate that. Uh, and I'm glad to get some recognition here and there. I, I, I love the recognition, but it's not, it's not because, you know, it's something that I feel I have to do or I feel good about, you know, or, or it's not something necessarily that I value in that way. You know what I mean? It, it, I don't have moral awareness. <laughs> in fact, uh, uh, a group of friends that I'm a part of online, uh, my title is uh, Machiavellian Narcissistic Psychopath <laughs> that they gave me because... I'm just I'm just so harsh and I and it's like I don't have a moral compass and to me the ends justify the means. I'm willing to do what it takes to make things happen, right? Um you know, and if that means I have to do some bad stuff for the sake of the good, then so be it. I'm willing to do that. ENTJ not so much because they have that moral compass, that FI inferior that gets in the way. Every now and then they'll slip into it, but if they're aspiring and they're not being insecure with their feelings, if they don't feel like they're being a bad person, or if they absolutely know that it's a bad situation, they're just not going to do it. Me, I don't care. Like, I care about the results. Show me the results. And everyone's like, well, ENTJs are very results-oriented. I'm like, yeah, sure they are, but not at, the, not at the expense of their morals. Come on. Like, not at the expense of their morals. Because ENTJ still has to live with themselves at the end of the day. I mean, ENTPs definitely have to live with themselves at the end of the day, too, but it's all based on how other people feel. They don't care about how they feel. They don't. You know, so why do they care? So, anyway, that's a pretty long video for this explanation. But as you can tell, uh, I don't take charge. I'm not direct with people. I'm not uh, direct initiating control. I don't control in that way. I'm all about movement, all about liquid. I'm water, right? And I go with the flow. And just because I'm flowing in a certain direction doesn't mean that I have little tiny plans within the flow using my INTJ uh, or unconscious, my shadow, to be able to make those things happen. 
the organizing that I have, um, the, uh, the the introverted intuition will that you see from that is anti-nemesis, you know. I worry about my own future, and anything that you see from introverted intuition coming from me is because, well, it's coming from my INTJ shadow, my developed INTJ part of my mind, that because of suffering in my life, I was able to develop. And suffering does make people better, it does. Uh, there's tons of books and tons of speakers, especially motivational speakers, even Tony Robbins says it, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk all the time, even Ty Lopez, ENFPs, wow. Uh, they, uh, they talk about failure all the time and how failure is the greatest teacher. Oh wait, that's what Yoda said in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh yeah, failure is the greatest teacher, right? Suffering, right? And that's basically what I'm trying to talk about when, in regards to TI parent. That's what that means, guys. Uh, suffering, and that's a very ISFJ thing to say because ISFJs are all about taking the punishment. They're all about suffering, right? And they understand the value of suffering is that if you can endure, it makes you better. The whole state, the whole saying, uh, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? That's what that means. And it's a very SI, it's very... Um, N-E-S-I-F-E-T-I -E -E statement. You know, those four cognitive functions, whoever said that statement, they had those four cognitive functions in their ego when they made that statement, when they came up with that statement. You know, and that's, oh wait, those are my cognitive functions. You know, uh, it's just, in, you know, for my, um, for my quadra in that regard. So, anyway, uh, Thank you for watching. If you found this video useful or helpful, please leave a like and subscribe. If you have any questions about this, please leave it in the comment section. I'll definitely answer your questions. Um, I would also like to thank uh, host Eric and Opaloid for making that video. I really loved it and I love the criticism. And uh, I think that having these types of discussions are very healthy for the uh, greater internet community when talking about Jungian analytical psychology. Uh, because a lot of people don't understand it in any way that we could bring about like a, a better understanding um, of it, then people will start to see the value in it. You know, um, if people start seeing the value of this form of psychology and it leads to a better understanding of how people actually work, then finally, perhaps, we can actually start to understand each other as fellow human beings, not just at a micro level, but at a macro level, and uh, hopefully reduce some of the conflict uh, that... Uh, you know, our world faces on a daily basis. And hopefully it leads to collective maturity. That's my goal. So, anyway, you folks have a good night. And uh, I'll see you guys uh, later with my ISFP video.